We were a working band, Dave. We were working sometimes six nights a week at polytechnics and universities. I mean, it was... And even people come up to me today, even at Edinburgh, you know, and say, oh, we were fans of Stone the Crows, we got the seed, the LPs, and we were a working band, and, because that's what we were always used to doing, was working. And, of course, there were various music polls at that time. I mean, I think you won uh, Best Singer, didn't you, one year for, for Melody Maker? I think I won it five years. I mean, I can remember, Maggie, uh, the, that classic shot of you. I'm sure it was from the poll winners' concert at Wembley, and yeah. uh, you're in your denim outfit, aren't you, for that? That's right. By a Scottish boy, Alan Fuliger. He made it out of an old pair of jeans. <laughs> well, it all... all <laughs> that I, picture went global, didn't it? It went everywhere. Uh, well, it, it's like a defining image, isn't it? And I, I expect... Have you still got the outfit? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that no. went a long, long time ago. Yes, I'm sure it, <laughs> it would have done. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the other thing is... Um, you know, Stone the Crows are actually quite relevant now. In the last couple of years or so, there's, there seems to be a trend for, for new bands looking back for inspiration yeah. to the early 70s, not least Led Zeppelin, of course. Yeah. But, you know, there are one or two uh, what I would call blues rock bands with female vocalists. Yeah. Um, blues Pills comes to mind. Yeah, that's and from you, Sweden, aren't they? From Sweden. That's right, yes. Yeah, I read uh, a nice interview. She mentioned my name. She said that was an inspiration. Oh, for well, there you go. But you, you see, I love stuff like that, you see. Because it, at the end of the day, it's all about the music, isn't it? Yes, that's right. But you must have a wry smile to yourself to think that you have influenced some of these younger bands, you know. Uh, well, I'm, well, considering I was never a, a pop chart person, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. I was stuck by my guns and, uh, and just kept on working and getting better and better. And that's all I could do, really, you know. I, just, I mean, if you don't like people, you shouldn't be in this business. That's my, my thing. You don't, you know, if, if you don't go on with people and uh, you don't enjoy, like, audiences and stuff, at the end of the day, they're paying a lot of money these days to come and see you, and it's your, and, and I hate to use the word, but you have to entertain people. Yes. Musically and otherwise, it's very, very important. Yes, that's I mean, right. Nobody was giving us millions of pounds in those days just to go and make a couple of singles, and then you sit back and uh, you do your first tour, and after the second night, your throat's gone, do you know what I mean? You just mm. had to go in there and do it. I mean, that's that's another thing about modern music, isn't it? Again, you must be uh, amazed, really, at the... Um, I'm baffled. Baffled, I know. Uh, for, for those of us of a certain generation, it's it's hard to comprehend, isn't it, really? Yeah. yeah. So, yes, in, influencing other people, even to this day. But, I mean, when we go back to the, um, the first two Stone the Crows albums, and uh, we're talking, as I say, a month or so before the reissue of... Um, the, the first two Stone the Crows albums via Angel Air Records. Yeah. Now, the band was really a hotbed of great musicianship. Uh, we should mention to listeners that in addition to the very talented young guitarist Les Harvey, brother of Alex, uh, you mentioned there uh, Colin Allen, who yeah. who played with John Mayle, later joined Focus, and of course something that I something that I overlooked a bit really uh, when I looked at Stone the Crows, uh, the great Jim Dewar. I mean, what a lineup! And what I hadn't appreciated, Maggie, at the time is that you actually duetted with him. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a bit like Elkie Brooks and Robert Palmer in Vinegar Joe to some extent. That's right. Yeah. Jimmy was a wonderful singer, wonderful singer. And he came from Scotland with us. He came down to London, brought his family and everything, you know. It was a good time, and we wrote songs for the first time in our lives. We were amazed. And I think people will notice this... Um, if they're not familiar with those first two Stone the Crows albums, they weren't overproduced, were they, really? No. Um, 
I mean, from what you remember, were they pretty much put down in, you know, one or two takes? That's right. Yeah. And it was produced by a guy called Mark London. Mm. And he wrote To Service Love with Don Black. So that's the Lulu connection. Yes. And he worked closely, didn't he, with Peter Grant? Yes, he did. Mark he... was a wonderful guy. He's back in Canada now. Ah, oh, and you still keep in touch? Yeah, he's a wonderful guy. Yeah. Funniest guy I've ever met in my life. <laughs> he was Stone the Crows. Oh, right. He was a funny, funny guy. So, would you say he was pretty hands-off as f- as far as the production went? He just let you get on with it, really? Yeah, but he, he did a good ear, because he did back in the day, he worked as a com- uh, comedian up in the Catskill Mountains in upstate New York. I mean, he'd seen it all, huh? And he said, he always, always remember what he used to say, everybody should have a good beginning of a song, a middle eight, and a fantastic ending. <laughs> yeah. And stick to that and you can't and go... Stick fo- to that and you can't go wrong. No, absolutely. It, well, good advice.